All right, and we are rolling. Thank you for tuning into the Rainy Day Horror Show. If you were just now joining us, welcome. We are just getting started. This episode is about to be underway. If this is your first time tuning in, I am your host with the most Dusty McBalls, aka the certified cougar hunter, aka the man with balls too big to handle. And today, I will be your chauffeur on this ride to the dark side and the curious side of this world. If you would like to give me a little follow and know what's going on in my life, go ahead and follow my Instagram account at Dusty McBalls. If you would like to know what my channel is all about, then you can follow me on Instagram at The Rainy Day Horror Show. To my day one listeners, thank you for tuning in every Sunday and listening to me speak about random stupid topics. Now, today we're going to tap into the wonderful side of taphophobia, which is the fear of being buried alive. Now today we are going to look at the term saved by the bell and where it came from and why it is still used to this day. I hope all of you enjoyed a wonderful week and had a wonderful weekend. I know we got to go back to work on Monday, but let's forget about that. All right, let's get lost. Let's escape reality just for 20 minutes and have some fun and go on a wild wild journey now before we get into it i'm going to give you a little rundown on what's going to be happening on this show like usual i always break down some major terms in the beginning so we're going to start with that then i'm going to get into where the term safe by the bell came from And then after that, I'm going to tap more into taphophobia and some horror stories. Not just any horror stories, true horror stories of people being buried alive. Now, without further ado, get those crocs on, set them bitches in adventure mode, make sure you have a popcorn or some snack maybe even get a drink maybe a crystal light packet maybe a kool-aid jammer even better would be a capri sun or now this just came to my mind because these are fantastic i'm talking about the juice boxes that high c makes now if you know what those are you're my best friend because those are the best fucking juice boxes in the world Now, without further ado, let's get into the story of where the term Saved by the Bell came from. Now, the first term that we're going to go over is catalepsy. And catalepsy is a medical condition in which patients 
go into a state of muscle rigidity and unresponsiveness. This condition is often linked to catatonia, which is a state of immobility. And catalepsy was the main factor in people being buried alive since the 14th century. Now, that's as far back as I could trace it was the 14th century of people being buried alive. Now, here are some ways in the beginning on how they fixed it before they came into our main topic of safety coffins. The first way was waiting mortuaries, where if they died, they would be held in a mortuary for a few extra days before being buried just in case they woke up. Now, if they woke up in these waiting mortuaries, they were stocked with all of the Capri Suns, all of the juice boxes, all of the Doritos, the Cool Ranch, or the Buffalo Wild Wing Jacked Doritos. What? That happened to be the best Doritos. I'm looking for a sponsorship. That would be awesome. Thank you. What? But they would have everything stocked in there waiting for the person to wake up. And if they woke up, they would have all of the supplies, everything, to make sure that that person was okay. Now, another way they would test to see if the person was actually dead was called the test of deadness. Now, this is kind of a gruesome test. What they would do is they would cut off fingers or toes and sometimes they would shove stuff in your butt. Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! Now, this test didn't really work because if, like, when you're in catatonia, you can't feel pain. So, even if they weren't dead, they wouldn't move. And they realized this after a little while. Now, it's kind of understandable that all of these inhumane things were kind of happening just because of the medicine and the medicine wasn't good enough yet obviously but their thought was if they woke up or well their thought was that they would wake up from any of this obviously this is immense pain that somebody's going through so you, you would think they would wake up but it was really hit or miss and if they didn't wake up they would automatically presume that they were dead and they would just bury them thanks captain obvious now after they found out that this wasn't really working and people were still getting buried alive, they came up with the term safety coffins. Now, safety coffins were created in the 18th and 19th century, especially in Europe and England, because I guess they were burying too many live people. Now, imagine that. You're from the... I, I, United States, I think that was around then, I don't know, I barely went to school and paid attention to history class, and, like, let's say you hop on the, like, reverse Mayflower, the cauliflower, and you head back to Europe, right, you head back to England, and you are greeted by a nice English person, UK person, and they're like, hello, welcome to the United Kingdom, welcome to England, 
okay? We are known for our two main things, football and burying too many live people. Now go Manchester United. I think that's in England. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to soccer, but, You're a dumbass. you know, I guess, maybe. That's why I'd assume they'd greet people back then. But now, these safety coffins that they created had above-ground bells attached to the tombstone. And if a person was buried inside and they woke up inside the coffin, they could ring the bell. Now, they had strings going from attached to the bell down the tombstone to their limbs and every time they moved their limbs it would signal the bell now what they also had in this coffin was poison just in case they couldn't like they didn't think that they were going to get found or nobody was going to hear them or stuff like that so they could always just pop that poison and die that way either way it, I don't know which way you'd want to go because being poisoned was would be pretty slow and another really painful fucking way to die so i don't really know which one if i'd rather basically run out of oxygen and suffocate myself and fall into a deep sleep like that while having the fear like of being buried alive with only the tip of the coffin the top of the coffin being like i don't know three four inches away from your face which would just be like i don't know which way i'd want to go okay I'm, even though the poison would be pretty painful and you'd be thrown up all over the place and you'd be covered in your own vomit and everything like that, I feel like it would be quicker than being buried alive. So, for me personally, I would pick the poison, but it would just, yeah, it would just be too hard to, too hard to think. But other than the bells that were attached, they also came up with some models that had a glass window in front of your face and it would fog up if you were breathing and they would have that's one way they could still tell if you were alive but the only issue is when you go into catalepsy like that it basically puts you in a coma and it shallows out your breathing and your heartbeat like so like a very like you only you barely just need enough oxygen to survive so sometimes that glass wouldn't even fog up minus the whole glass and everything like that some even had this this would probably be the worst as like a living person as like a caretaker to go through but some had tubes that were leading from the body up into like up above the tombstone above ground and caretakers would have to come by and sniff that piping just to see if the body was decomposing. Now, I couldn't be a caretaker anyways just for the thought of being around so many lost souls in one area. Like, it would make me uncomfortable seeing so many ghosts in one house. Like, I couldn't do it. So... My hat's off to those people that are able to live at a graveyard and watch over all of those people's buried bodies. Now, I couldn't do that, but if I had to smell every piece 
of tubing every single day to make sure a body was decomposing, I would quit or try and get myself fired so damn quick. So quick. So for obvious reasons, the Bell models were more persuasive. Now the whole buried alive epidemic ended up causing a lot of authors, a lot of poets to make short horror stories about the situation. And one author happened to be Edgar Allan Poe, one of the most beautiful horror story writers next to Stephen King. Side note, I bought one of his like short horror short horror story to like shit. I can't speak tonight. I bought one of his short horror story books where it has like all of them or like most of them all combined into one. And I like I don't know, old English like that shit's tough. Like I accident like I accidentally started reading one of his stories that was French. And I didn't know. I thought it was just old English. Oh my god. And you're like, how did you like bro, I'm telling you, I was so fucking confused the entire fucking story. I don't know why or how. I thought it was just old English and not French, but it was completely in French. And it was so fucking difficult to read. But back to the main topic. Safety coffins, well, safety coffins are still used to this day, but they're now more equipped with more emergency procedures. Most of them come with emergency alarms, a two-way speaker and microphone, oxygen tanks, and a heartbeat sensor and heartbeat and heartbeat stimulator. Now, I don't, I couldn't find the exact price on these safety coffins. But what I could find is that an average coffin goes between $2,000 and $5,000. Now, I could only imagine how expensive one of the safety coffins in today's money is. Like, I would assume it would have to be between like ten dollars and $15,000. And another completely off-topic thing, but kind of on-topic, a lot of the coffins... Well, not a lot, but some coffins, you can get equipped with a screen that w that you can like tune into and watch your loved one decompose. And on top of that, it also comes with like a scheduled program of like music and like sayings that you can have in there for the person that is dead which is weird to me i would not do that i don't know like it just that just doesn't seem like i get people like it's kind of like with people and their dogs specifically white people and their dogs so no disrespect to you white people and your dogs i get it totally 100 percent. it's just that love and that companionship it's just kind of i don't know i think it's weird you guys would have to let me know, but yeah, I think it's really, really weird that you would want to tune in every fucking, like, day to see your loved one decompose. Now, I would not want to see that. That would just be wild for me.
I don't understand it. But anyways, now I'm going to get into some of the more like horror stories that actually of like real accounts of people being buried alive. One of them, somebody was saved and the other one, I'm going to spoil it, died. So in the other two stories, they died. So sorry, I guess. I don't know. Not really. But the first story is in 1937, a 19-year-old from France named Angelo Hayes was out on a motorcycle ride and he ended up crashing into a brick wall headfirst, brains out, completely mangled, don't know how he survived. Sorry, spoiler, but he does. And so, yeah, it's just crazy. So, so the authorities arrived on scene and what they saw was just a man, mangled head, and no pulse. So the authorities, like normal people, would presume him dead. And then, a few days later, funeral, everything happened, he was buried, yada yada yada, normal procedure for dead people. After, like two days after he was buried, his insurance company opened up an investigation and they needed to look at the body. So what they did was they dug up poor Angelo Hayes and when they dug him up, they realized that his body wasn't cold and it was actually a little warm. Well, it turns out his brain put him into a coma that required very little oxygen for him to survive. So after that huge surprise, they rushed him to the ER, got him all the attention that he needed, and he made a crazy recovery and ended up having no issues and turned out to be completely fucking fine, which is insane. Now our second story takes place in 1889 with a wonderful lady called Octavia Smith. Octavia Smith was buried alive due to the death of her infant boy Jacob. Now after her son's death she was hit with really bad depression and was bedridden for several months. Well while she was bedridden she got this weird illness that eventually put her body in a coma and after a few days after she was found they pronounced her dead in May of 1891. Now after her alleged death the town was getting hit with the same illness that had happened to Octavia but people were coming alive a few days later. Now the reason they didn't get her alive anymore was that Octavia It was really, really hot week in May when she was buried. And what happened was they wanted the body not to decompose really, really quick. So they just buried her right away. Anyways, after her husband figured out what was going on, they, he ran back to her cemetery, back to the grave, dug her up. And what he found was horrific. He found Octavia Smith with her fingernails all bloody the linings of her coffin all tore up and she had a contorted scream look on her face that her husband had to look at when he cracked open that fucking coffin just imagine that imagine how crazy that would be now our third and final story takes place in illinois with with a man by the name of Stephen Small. Now, he was 39 years old. He was a businessman. 
and at night he received a phone call saying that one of his renovation projects was being broken into. But little did he know it was actually a kidnapping and ransom that he was going to be a part of. Now, after he received the call, he rushed to his property and obviously he got kidnapped. So after they kidnapped him, they put him in a coffin, a makeshift coffin with the breathing tube. And once that, once, once they did that, they put him in the ground and made a phone call to his wife. And they told his wife at 3.30 in the morning that they got her husband and they need a, they need a million dollars, otherwise her husband's going to die. Now, her fa the family had every intention of paying that million dollars to get him out. But what actually happened was the kidnappers didn't know that the breathing tube had failed. And he basically suffocated in the makeshift coffin and died. So once they found that out, they basically fled the scene and eventually they were caught. The people that were caught was a 30-year-old 30, 30 Daniel J. Edwards and 26-year-old Nancy Rich. And they were obviously charged with first-degree murder and aggravated kidnapping. And those are the freaky stories for your taphophobia that I hope you enjoyed. Now, I hope... All of you are happy. I want y'all to be happy. I want all the good vibes coming your way. I want all of the good fortune coming your way. I know we got a work week to get through, but we're going to make it through. And then we're going to come back here next Sunday and do the same shit all over again. We're going to have fun. I don't know what next week, what next week's episode is, but I'll figure it out. And then I'll let you guys know. You'll find out if you look at my Instagram channel. So, if you want to know, make sure you stay tuned in. Um, I watched another thing before I let you guys go. I watched Terrifier 2. Yeah, Terrifier 2 tonight. That was weird. Um, that was really, really weird. Not as gruesome as I thought it was going to be. I heard, like, rumors that people were throwing up, leaving the movie theaters and in the movie theaters and stuff like that. Now, do I know if that's true? I have no idea. I didn't see it in theaters. But I just don't, like nowadays at the, at the movie theaters, you know, you go in, you, depending on the movie theater, you can, you know, order food straight to your seat. Now, I don't know who in the fuck would order food to their, like to their seat watching a movie like that. When I worked at the movie theater, I saw a girl when Halloween Kills came out. This girl was probably like 10, eating a fucking medium rare steak. Just going to town while a dude's getting hit in the head with a pickaxe. Now, maybe that's why, like, just don't, you go into a gory movie, just don't fucking order food. Okay? It's that simple. But, the movie was good. I had a great weekend. I had a great day. Um, I got ghost shit going on in my house right now, and it's freaking me the fuck out, and I'm wigging out. But, I'm also recording this at 3.30 in the morning, and that's probably why. Because you know the whole witching hour and shit like that. But yeah, no, I had a great week. I hope you guys had a great week. Um, yeah, if you give me a follow, all right? I want you guys incorporated into my life, okay? You can hit me up on Instagram or anything and we can just talk. If you got any crazy horror stories, send them my way. I want to hear about them. I love doing this shit. 
So I might even put them in the vi- like in a podcast episode if you guys want. That would be kind of cool. But yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Um, let's get through this week. Let's come back next Sunday. And yeah, I love y'all. So remember, remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. And most importantly, stay safe. Especially stay safe. I can't stress stay safe. It is crazy out there, and I don't want any of you getting hurt. Alright? With that being said, Dusty McBalls, the certified cougar hunter, the man with the biggest balls to ever be handled, is out of here. Love y'all. <laughs>